Welcome. I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of 2 Corinthians. Today is episode 500. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 13 through 15. Let's read our passage. For such people are false apostles, deceitful workers, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no great surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Their end will be according to their works. This is 2 Corinthians, a letter Paul sending to the church in Corinth. Paul sent 1 Corinthians and laid out a lot of problems. Timothy was in Corinth, came back, reported that a lot of problems weren't fixed. So Paul made a quick trip to Corinth and it blew up. There was a lot of nasty opposition and Paul left went back to Ephesus. But he wrote the tearful letter, which we don't have, and he sent it with Titus to Corinth. And the combination of the letter and Titus's ministry there seemed to mostly resolve it. The majority of the church was on board with Paul, but there were still a few holdouts. That's the purpose of this letter, to try and restore the relationship with those that are still not convinced, but also deal with some issues. We've got some troublemakers who've shown up in Corinth and are essentially leading the church astray. And that's what Paul's dealing with in this section of the letter. He's referring to these people as, well, last time we saw the term super apostles. And that is, they were portraying themselves as superior to Paul. They didn't say Paul wasn't an apostle. They just portrayed themselves as superior to Paul. And they're more impressive. That's some of the criticism from some of the people in Corinth is, why listen to Paul when we've got these guys? And Paul calls them super apostles because people are saying they're superior to Paul. In two areas in particular, the area of speech, these guys were incredible public speakers, where Paul says, I'm not trained as a public speaker. But also in visions and revelations. We'll see that later in chapter 12, where these guys claim to have these superior visions, superior revelations from God, that they're just, they're much better than Paul. So you shouldn't necessarily listen to Paul when you've got these guys. Paul's issue with them is that they're preaching the wrong gospel. They're presenting a false Jesus. They're presenting a false spirit. And it's all based on a faulty gospel. So verse 13, he says, for such people are false apostles. For what people? Well, the ones he's just been talking about. He called them the super apostles. He made kind of an offhand reference to them very early in the letter about people who basically sell the gospel. That's big one of the things is they are accepting monetary support from the Corinthian church. And that's something Paul didn't do. And Paul made the case there of, I didn't want to do that because it just wasn't right. So the churches of Macedonia supported me. And I gave my theory that the reason he didn't is because of this rift between the rich people and the working class people in the church, that he didn't want to be seen as linked too closely to the rich people who are the ones who would be supporting him. So these people are false apostles. Or he called them super apostles because they're allegedly superior. Now he's laying it out. They're false because they're flat wrong. He says they're deceitful workers. 
Now remember, he accused them of having a false Jesus, a false spirit, a false gospel. Now it's deceitful. That's, well, it's carrying forward deceit. It's falsehood. It's non-truth. And that is one of the things he said about himself. I may not be a, may not be a trained speaker, but I know the truth. Knowledge is something I do have. And he adds, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. So the disguising, it shows the deceit. They're claiming to be apostles of Christ, but they're really not. Verse 14, that's where he really gets down and dirty here. It says, and no wonder, for Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Continuing the 15, it says, no great surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Their end will be according to their works. So, what Paul's saying here, basically, is these guys, they're not just wrong. They're agents of Satan. Now, that means these guys are plotting together. How can we pull the wool over these people's eyes? No, I, I think they are absolutely sincere and think they are correct and think they are serving God and truly representing Christ. But sincerity doesn't make it right. You can be sincerely wrong. And that's what these guys are. They are sincerely wrong. And even in their sincerity, they are leading people astray. And as such, they are acting as agents of Satan. To be an agent of Satan, you just basically have to be, what you are willingly doing is furthering the cause of Satan. For instance, conflict in a church. That is one of Satan's prime areas of attack, is fomenting conflict in a church. Because if a church gets caught up in conflict, that's just the only thing that matters in the church. And discipleship, Bible learning, worship, outreach to the lost, all, all that goes by the wayside because it's all about the conflict that just consumes a church. And so people actively pouring gasoline on the fire of conflict in the church are, in fact, acting as agents of Satan. I know it's a pretty strong thing to say, but are they actively trying to support? No, they think they are being correct. They think they're right. That's why they're acting so adamant about what they're doing. They think they're right. They think they're serving God. They think they're even protecting God's reputation and protecting the church and guiding the church to where it needs to be. But in being a big part of the conflict where it doesn't need to be. I mean, sometimes there has to be some conflict if there's things that are flat wrong. But generally, that's not the case. It's just people demanding to have their way, their preferences. And in doing such, they're actually acting as agents of Satan. So that's what these guys are doing. They think they're right. They think they're serving God. They think they're representing Christ. But in what they are doing by presenting a false gospel, they're guiding the church away from God and as such are acting as agents of Satan, disguised as servants of righteousness. And he says, and that's what Satan does. He disguises himself. If Satan appears and says, hey, who wants to go to hell? Who wants to oppose the one true God? Nobody's going to sign up for that. But he appears as somebody or something very attractive and people follow and say, oh, I want that, and lose sight of the fact that it, it's wrong. And so that's what he's doing with these guys, is they are very attractive. And interesting, he calls them servants of righteousness. Well, they're disguised as servants of righteousness, meaning they appear 
to be servants of righteousness. They're not saying, no, don't follow the one true God. Don't believe in Jesus. That's exactly what they're saying is, yes, do follow the one true God. Do believe in Jesus. But they're doing it under the guise of righteousness. Now, Paul didn't lay out a lot of the details because the people he's writing to know who he's talking about. But just from the clues we pick up, it appears these guys are Judaizers. They're saying that you need to follow the Jewish law, the law of Moses. And that's probably the righteousness that Paul is referring to here. The righteousness that's aligned with the law, the old covenant. And it's a righteousness based on works. And that they seem to be very righteous. They seem to be trying to follow God. They seem to be trying to do the right thing. But in fact, they're twisting the gospel. And the gospel was not based on salvation through faith in Christ, based upon the substitutionary death of Jesus Christ on the cross is a false gospel. And they're presenting a gospel based on acts of righteousness. If you just follow the law, then you'll be right with God. At least that's the assumption. You know, it's not spelled out exactly that way, but just by putting the pieces together, that seems to be what's going on. It says their end will be according to their works. Well, what are their works? Leading people away from God. And that's the end. So for us, we don't necessarily have this, but we have similar things. People who seem very attractive. People who seem very engaging. People who are seem people just drawn to. But there's error. And so a question that comes up sometimes is, well, how much error does it have to be before it's no longer Christian? Because we look at a lot of official doctrines of a lot of denominations, and there's just some blatant errors there. That's okay. This does not line up with biblical truth. Or they throw in a, a, a certain something. And, and I said before, you take the gospel and add to it, it's no longer the gospel. How much can you mess with the gospel before it's not the gospel, before it's a false gospel? And we're not given a, a grade sheet. And we don't have to. And the point is not to be able to label things, whether they're this is Christian, this is not Christian. We do know the truth. We know the real gospel. We have the real Bible. And so the question is not, where do you cross the line? But how close can I get to the truth? So often we want to define the line. And that's just a wrong way of thinking. Like when it comes to sin, how far can I go before I sin? Well, let's rephrase that question. How far can I get from God before I've gone too far? Wow. And if you say it that way, well, that's not what we want. The question should be, how close can I get to God? Or how can I get closer to God? I want to be close to God, but I always want to get closer to God. So how can I get closer to God? Not how far can I get away from God and still get away with it. That's just the wrong thinking. That says, I, I want to be as far away from God as I can. That says, I don't really have a heart for God. I have a heart for self and my own selfish desires. So similarly, trying to label things up, well, you've gone so far that that's not Christian. Well, instead, let's. how much can we cling to the truth? Now, we do have to be careful as we're dealing with things on the internet, things on TV, things just in 
the community around us, the various churches that we see blatant error. But we don't have to label them with, well, that's so much error that it's no longer Christian. That's, that's really not our job and not up to us. But we do need to see the error, warn people of the error, and don't worry about labels, but draw people to the truth. Draw people to the real gospel, the true gospel, faithfulness to biblical truth. And so the question is, how far can I get from God before I've gone too far? But how can I actually get closer to God? And how can I help those around me get closer to God also? Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through 2 Corinthians.